It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Week we go Wednesday. Wednesday's about as midweek as it gets, even if you're one of those people that works through the weekends. Uh, sometimes Wednesday's midweek. And then again, I have people tell me, no, 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 I got Monday, Tuesday off. Wednesday's my Monday. Monday is like my Saturday. I know. I sound like Mac Brown when he's explaining their workouts during Thanksgiving week, you know. Saturdays, too. That's a Jason Garrett deal, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's big on that, wasn't he? Play Thursday. So today's really, it's Monday, but it's really our Tuesday. I almost went into Bob Stoops right there, didn't I? You kind of you kind of channeled uh, a little bit of Bob. I did, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Jason yeah. Garrett's much more robotic. <laughs> Jason That's Garrett's why he's like on ro- national television. Like robot right? Bob Stoops. Yeah. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Light to Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app. And at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Please, as always, to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Damn straight. And uh, he was uh, known as Highway 79 in his honorable mention, All District Offensive Lineman Days. We're in the purple and white of the Florence Buffaloes. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Orange 24-7, Jeff Howe, who was busily preparing, as I left yesterday, the recording of the Blitz podcast. It's up. It's a good one this week, talking about premium positions. Craig, do you know the five premium positions that uh, NFL front office personnel look for? I have a feeling this is a trick question. Well, it's not, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out well, if you look at the highest paid positions in football. Okay, I would say quarterback, mm-hmm. wide That's receiver. One. That's two. Defensive back. Corner specifically, but yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, offensive lineman? Offensive tackle specifically, yeah. Okay, and defensive end? The pass rusher. Okay, all right. Which can be, you know, it can be an interior defensive lineman because Aaron Donald makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's been really good for a long time. For mm-hmm. your Los Angeles Rams, he's I'm, one of the few guys with that team with whom I have any, uh, with whom I have no quarrel whatsoever. <laughs> that guy has always delivered. I, got, I have no problems with that guy. So getting back from San Antonio, I had, you know, I had work stuff last night when I got home, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like actual notes because I did get some stuff up on the site. It was more, uh, the best way to put it, administrative duties. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get that email from on up high at the corporate level, it's like, hey, we've been reminding you for about six weeks now that you got to turn this paperwork in and uh, it's due by the end of the week. And you're like, well. And then you start it and you're like, oh, well, this is a breeze. And then it's like, hey, can you find this receipt from this transaction on March 17th? Like, well, let me go clean out my car and check in my bag and. Dig through the nightstand, yes. Yeah, go so. through your Costanza-sized wallet. Well, look at this thing, though, now. Look at it. All right. Look how I'll sm- see. We're going to put no, both look how of these small it is. Look. look oh, how- wow. You have cleaned it. Yeah. I still, I'm still working Costanza here, you know. There's no telling how much stuff I lost, though, because my daughter, this was about a year and a half ago, got a hold of my wallet and dumped a bunch of stuff out. And I didn't realize there was stuff of semi-importance that got dumped out when I went to Costco one day. To sh- I don't know what the deal is with Costco or in, in Sam's Club where you got to show them the membership to yeah, go in. Yeah, and I dig- flash that card when you walk in. I'm digging around for my Costco card, and I'm like, where is my Costco card? I'm like, it's it's long. I'm going to chalk that up to it's in the couch cushions or in Charlotte's room or something. So I go in. They're like, uh, sir, do you have your Costco card? I was like, going right over here to member services to get me a new one. Yeah, there you go. So. Yeah, uh, uh, but no the the Costanza wallet is you just saw it. It's much smaller. I can actually uh, put my wallet in my pants and sit in the car and not like lean to one side or right, get like a right. hip pointer or something. Yep, absolutely. Yes, uh, texter, I did not turn in my TPS reports on time. I didn't have a cover sheet on my TPS. Reports. There you go. Uh, does you you mentioned something? I don't know if you just so did I'm a little it. punchy today. Basically, is what okay. where that story was going. Uh, I don't know that 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 this was just kind of. Um, happenstance that you mentioned this, but does your daughter does 
she's five now, right? Yes. Does five-year-old Charlotte routinely just kind of get into your wallet and just start chucking things out? No. The thing that she likes to do is get my phone and start checking to see what apps I have. That's And I don't know how wow. many times I've had to tell my five-year-old that I don't have the Disney Plus app on my phone. Well, Mama does. I'm like, yes, Mama does, but I, I don't. Go for her phone. Yes. You know? As the old folks say, that's interesting. Because, you know, know, the wife has all the Instagram filters and stuff to take funny pictures. And like, oh, I'm going to do a cat face or like the aging deal. And Charlotte's trying to find all that stuff. And I'm like, bug, I don't don't have those on my phone. So you can stop looking. Plus, you know how it is when you're in the industry we're in and you've Mm -hmm. got some contacts in your phone that's like you only dial that number when you really need it. Right. You know, when you got to. You know, dial the bat phone. Uh-huh. And I'm worried that, like, I don't need, you know, pick your head coach on the 40 acres. I don't need somebody or one of those coaches or Chris Del Conte or Craig or somebody getting a random phone call and my five-year-old is just rambling on yeah. on the other end of the line. So It's happened before to me, so it wouldn't be <laughs> anything uh, unusual to me. Uh, our producer is Cameron Parker, who uh, joins in. How you doing, Cam? Greg, it's always a great day when the stars win the night before, baby. You were up with the late nighter. We I had it on when I got back from the baseball game last night. So stars over the Kraken, six three. So it's two two. Of course, somebody's Carolina Hurricanes won decisively yeah. over the Devils last night. Karen, so you're big. You're a big hockey fan. Uh no, no. When the playoffs roll around and the stars are in it, I'll watch. Besides that, I'll just check the uh, ESPN. App every couple weeks, see where the stars at in the standings. Oh, okay, you know, so I was going to say we got to get you to a hockey game with Tom McKay. Oh, I, I would love to go to a Stars playoff. Which I've heard, I've heard going to a hockey game with Tom McKay is uh, that's a, it's quite an, a unique it's an experience, experience, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet with Tom. <laughs> you had the Jimi Hendrix experience. There's the Tom McKay experience. Yeah, you going know there was a, a band. Game. There was a band in the '80s called the Hugh Beaumont Experience. Now you know who Hugh Beaumont was. No idea. Ward Cleaver. Really? The original. The dude Ward that played Cleaver. Ward Cleaver. Yeah. Hugh Beaumont, yeah, yeah. There was a band called the Hugh Beaumont Experience, and they had the and they had like his face on the T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if Hugh Beaumont ever got residuals off of that. He should have, yeah. Licensing and being what it is and all that kind of stuff. But that was what it was. That was what it's called back in the day. You know what I've noticed, Craig? Mm-hmm. How how I don't want to I don't want to date you, but how old are you? You're you're sixty two. You're sixty two. Mm-hmm. Seems like people in your your generation, your age bracket, mm-hmm. it seems like they've all got like that one TV show. Like yours is Andy Griffith, mm-hmm. or Leave It to Beaver. But there's, I guess, I guess most age brackets are like that. But it seems like it shows from that era that people of your age, there's that one show where they can tell you uh, episode title, what happened, sure. recall it real quick, etc. That, that that would be Andy Griffith's show for me. I I also really liked when I was a teenager. I, I watched Happy Days. Did you? Okay. And it was and Happy Days, seventy four, seventy five, seventy six. The first three years were you know it's like so many other shows, really really good. And then it kind of dropped off. You jump know, the shark. That's where we got the phrase "jump the yep. shark" when Fonzie jumped the shark. You know, and that's when you knew the show would jump the shark. When when that had happened, we always point. have Samuel L. Jackson and Pulp Fiction to remind us about Fonzie in case you weren't a Happy Days fan. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Yolanda, what's Fonzie like? Yeah, that's right. He's cool. We're <laughs> all gonna be like a bunch of little Fonzies. <laughs> so, and he really was cool in the early days, because there was always that threat that he might, you know, might be up. Yeah, hey. there was always that kind of thing. He was, real, and, and in fact, if you watch the first season of it. There are episodes where he's not wearing a leather jacket. He's just wearing like a, a type of windbreaker jacket, but he still looks tough in it. Did you ever see the Weezer video that was based set in the Happy Days episode? No. For the Weezer video for Buddy Holly? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, it's set in a Happy Days episode. We have a uh, Buddy Holly reference coming up in Inconceivable. Do it. Today. Yeah. I've got two, let's, we'll call them quick hitters for Inconceivable. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm always glad when we have a, l- a little hobby related, but it, the, the incon- I'll get into the inconceivable part and what it means. But uh, okay, yeah. Um, uh, we also have maybe, maybe some hope for Jeff with regard to Burger King. Don't. No, I'm not going to tease you and say blah blah blah. It, it's not Chicken Whopper. So I'm just going to tell you right now, so you won't get any kind of hope. Playing with my palate is like playing with my emotions. I know, and I wasn't trying to do that. That's why I told you up front in the interest of full disclosure, 
because as I said on the baseball broadcast last night at one point to, to Mike Hards, you're talking about something I said about, well, to, for some clarity here, I said, since we're all about uh, transparency here over the last 48 to 72 hours, and he about <laughs> fell out of the booth laughing. Uh, but uh, no, I that's why I was letting you know that. No, it's 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 the chicken whopper is not back. You're going to have to go to Dubai to get it, I think, or yeah. Yemen or wherever it was. We said you'd have to go. To so Dubai. we got a dispatch from Tom McKay. He says, as far as the stars go, all of his tickets are occupied through this series. But in his own words, conference finals, you are welcome. Oh, okay. Hey, I have to make that happen. Yeah, I may take you up on that, Tom. Yeah, and yeah, Dallas or Cedar Park. Let me know. I'll have a seat for you. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure Tom, I may uh, take you up on that. We may roll over and, and, uh, see those Texas stars over there. Yeah. I was a season ticket holder for a time on the, uh, Texas stars. on the old Texas, the first three years, I think. Yeah. Did I you think. have a ground rock express season tickets at one point? Were you an express season ticket? holder? I was not an express season ticket holder. However, uh, the first year I worked on the broadcast on selected broadcast with, yeah. uh, with my caps and one year. It was the year 2001 when they had the double-A All-Star game yeah. there. Uh, my late wife worked in, what was it, what the, the rail yard? What the, the name of the? Uh, yeah, the rail yard. Yeah, the, the gift shop. She worked there. Uh, we're talking about the Tom McKay experience. If you've ever been in that Round Rock Express press box, there's the Mike Capps experience. Yes, there is. <laughs> some of us have been privy to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I worked some games with Cappy that year. So did uh, Keith Moreland work several as well. So, yeah, it was, there was, it was the, fun back in the day. <laughs> I it was like 03 or 04. Uh, the Tulsa Drillers had become the Rockies AA affiliate. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Mike Capps wasn't all that thrilled when he found out that right around the time that the drillers had a chance to win the Texas League first half. That Larry Walker and Preston Wilson just suddenly had to do rehab stints in Tulsa. Boom, there they were. That was a very, very not happy Mike Caps <laughs> that day. And some Rocky scouts that were there got uh, got to know his displeasure with what had happened. Yeah. Uh here's a good question on the Specs text line. Three three seven three seven seven six five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Our man C P <laughs> says did Mac eat the chicken whopper when Steve Patterson sent him to Dubai. Was it Aaron Pearsall who all went on that trip? Did Ricky Brown go on that trip? Uh might have. Might have. All right, I'm gonna find out I'm gonna go back and do some research. Find yeah. out who was on that trip and see if any of them had a chicken whopper. I don't think they did though. I don't I don't think Well, I mean, you talk about fine cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't nothing like chicken whopper. Uh that Longhorn Bear said Yellowstone was about to jump ship. No more Costner. So yeah. So we'll we'll see about that. Um Oh hey, Cam. Uh can I get a breaking news sounder real quick? How about that? Here not, we go. We're starting at news, ten but... fifteen in the morning. We jump right in to uh breaking news here. Well, Texas basketball news, and we'll talk Longhorn basketball. We'll hear from Rodney Terry. We'll hear from Sark. Uh, we'll even hear from Vic Schaefer throughout the show. But Kendall Weaver has signed his athletic scholarship agreement, so he's okay. officially he's a member officially of the Texas basketball That's Kendall program. Kendall with a C-H. And, and you'll see it, Craig. Look, right here. Thank you, Scott McConnell, for the pronunciation, in yeah. case anybody wants to question me or wonder where it is. Ken Dull. Yeah, Kendall Weaver. Kendall. It's Kendall. Yes. Absolutely. I saw an interview that he did when he was in high school, and... The interviewer kept calling him Chendall, oh. and you could almost see his face. Like it's almost like that. I want to correct her, but you know this interview's going good, so I'm just gonna let it slide. It's kind of like that's how Sam was with the Ellinger Ellinger thing. Yeah, because I remember asking him. He was Sam was a sophomore or a junior, and I said, Sam, how, what's the correct pronunciation of your last name? He's like, Yeah, people, people mispronounce it all the time. I'm like, Well, it's your name. You should want the correct pronunciation. He's like, Okay, it's Ellinger. I'm like, Thank you. It's I Ellinger told you, from now. I told you the best ever experience i had with that with a name pronouncer different different things when when chastity fazell played for oh, texas yeah, yeah. the whole deal where Chaz told me point blank it's fazell and then out to a tournament in las vegas and john madani was subbing for me out there and he referred to his fuzzle a couple of times and i and and i checked oh john said, why are you calling for she said because I was told by the then women's basketball SID that that was how it was pronounced. I said, well, she told me this. He said, yeah, apparently the dad said, hey, hey, hey. I said, okay, that doesn't make sense. They got back home, and I walk up to Chaz, and I said, hey, Chaz, tell me again how you pronounce it. And she goes, well, I told you. It's Fazell. 
I said, yeah, but um, uh, John was subbing for me out in Vegas, a tournament, and he, he called you Fuzzle. And she goes, did my dad say that again? Because he can say it however he wants. My name is Fazell. <laughs> Even the schism within the family. I love that. A, a difference you on know, how to pronounce it between father and daughter. But she went by Fazell. On, on this show, we're becoming like that old married couple because our stories are starting to run together. Because now's the time where I mentioned that when Jamichael Hasty was a recruit coming out of Longview, <laughs> yes. he put the apostrophe in his name. And that's his right. mom said, she said, Jeff, why do you keep writing with the apostrophe? I said, well, he told me that's how it's spelled. She's like, I'll go get his birth certificate. He knows that's not how his name is spelled. You can just spell it without it from now on. That's good. That's good. Difference between parent and child on that, uh, on the deal. I I would imagine also, uh, and CB says Yellowstone is ending, and I think that's what Longhorn Bear was saying. He said it's jumping the ship, not the shark. So I think that's what he was talking about. Apparently a Kevin Costner, Taylor Sheridan conflict. Yeah. Leading to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will admit I've never seen an episode of it. Not because I had some version to it. I've always no. There were the first like two, three seasons were good. Really and then good. Yeah. There was was it season? I guess it was season four. Yeah. That really it just drug on. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. And and I didn't have anything against it or whatever. My time frame being what it was, I just didn't have time to do it. I mean, it took me a while to get on board with Ted Lasso, and then once I did, boom. <clears throat> was into it. I've found that Sons of Anarchy was one of those shows that I really, really liked, and mm-hmm. that's one that, up to a lot of people, was neither fish nor fowl. Okay. And I, I really dug it, so. Okay, all right. So um, uh, here, here's the question for the Specs text line today. Best show you ever enjoyed that is no longer on the air? Um, Before we proceed... Do we have any baseball audio you need to get yeah, to? Uh, you, no, just a highlight bump back we're going to have. Okay, uh, cool. That, that's all. So, like I said, I, uh, we're having, we got audio because I was down in San right. Antonio last night at the Texas Fight Tour stop. We've got, well, we'll play right. this stuff throughout the show. We've got Sark. Yep. We've got Vic Schaefer, and we've got Rodney Terry. You and, were there, so I'm going to let you direct that, okay. all of that on that deal. We'll do that in both notebooks and maybe top of the mm-hmm. you know, top of the next hour. Mm-hmm. But I got the audio. But the real MVP was one Cameron Parker. As always. Who cut the audio, got it all mm-hmm. nice and set up for us. He does that. He does that Outstanding, well. Cam. And thanks for the compliment in the email. Saw that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a compliment, but then, I, I don't know, Jeff, in game two, you kind of got dominated. That's all I'm going to say. I rested on my laurels a little bit. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I was, uh, hey, somebody said, best show ever, <laughs> Night Rider. <laughs> Night Rider. They like this a night rider. The newsroom on HBO, the league on FX. So that's there. You know, it's a, what was your favorite? Now, I didn't say the best ever because that's a subjective thing. Your favorite show that's no longer in television. All right. So that you watched all of it. You had to have seen all of it. Everybody knows, like, you know, I'm 39. So stuff in my wheelhouse, it's going to be, you know, King of the Hill. Mm hmm. South Park, okay. Jackass, Family Guy. That, that's Did you the like stuff Simpsons? That's in little, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Simpsons I'll throw in there, too. Okay. There was a show on MTV. Animation it, Domination? Yeah. It ran It ran for, uh, you know, American Dad was one that had its moments. There was a show that ran on MTV. Same thing for Futurama. The MTV show was called Three South. It ran for like a season and a half. Brian Poussain was behind it, and it. I thought it was hilarious, and it went away. It was about... Uh, it was basically about two kids that grow up as best friends. They go to college together, and it's like it's almost like an idiocracy like college. And there's one kid who like didn't get into an Ivy League school, and he has to settle for going there. I thought it was hilarious, and it only lasted for about a season and a half. And I told myself when I was about twenty, I was like, one of my life goals. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get three South back on the air. And I just realized the other day. I want to thank my buddy Chris Dukes for helping me realize this. Since I do work for Paramount now and yeah. MTV is yes, under do. the same umbrella, I'm about as close as I'll ever get to being able to make that happen. So there you go. I'm closer than I ever thought I would be to being in a position to maybe bring back Three South. But that was a show that that's good. I thought was well. Hilarious. That's what I'm talking about. It, and it could be one that was obscure and only lasted a year or two. Or mm-hmm. I, I'll give you an example of that. There was a show in the mid '70s on ABC, uh, and it was a uh, it was a situation comedy. And it was called When Things Were Rotten. And what it was about was Robin Hood. It was a Robin Hood. But 
it was done by Mel Brooks. Oh, okay. And it was it was hilarious. I think Dick Godier played uh, Robin Hood. You remember Bernie Capel, Doctor Bricker from Love Boat? No, he would, but he was Alan Adale. Uh, uh, Dick Van Patten from Eight Is Enough. He played Friar Tuck. Misty Rowe from Hee Haw fame was Maid Marian. Uh, anyway, it was. It what was, was the name of it, Craig? When things were rotten, it was a Mel Brooks creation, and it was. And there were a lot of things oh, like the... um, uh, addresses to the camera. Oh, it only lasted one season, thirteen episodes. Yeah, it was. It was hilarious. Uh, but I think it was ahead of its time. It was a Mel Brooks created show. I mean, and I, you know, and I was a teenager, but I I loved it. Um, and uh, you know, and there and there would be uh, the guys addressing the camera and stuff during the show and things like that. That man, I wonder how that missed so bad. I don't know. I don't know that America was ready for that at the time. You know, one of those things. Like I heard Robert Downey Jr. get asked this. Um, I think it was he was on the Joe Rogan podcast asking about Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. And he said, could you, could you get away with making Tropic Thunder today? He's, he kind of said sarcastically, like, well, I mean, you could make it. You're right. But, you know, yeah, was, good luck. Yeah. Do you think Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today, could it? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Just, just couldn't. But surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. it's still featured in a lot of streaming platforms. It is. Yeah. It is. I had this. It's disc- hilarious. I, I, had, I could quote the entire movie right now. Yeah. I had. Uh, that's like that episode of The Office. It's on Die Hard. Go. And he starts. And he gets it. Fly very often. And it said, don't change this up. No, no, no. That's the first line of the movie. Do you and know it, the uh, Blazing Saddles tie-in with Texas football? No, I do not. After the uh, 48-7 game, the loss at K-State, Max' first year, where what did Ricky have, like 13 carries for like 40-something yards or whatever it was? It was the worst game he had that year. To get his mind off of everything, he, when they got back to Austin, he went straight to Blockbuster, as he tells the story, and read in Blazing Saddles because he just needed a good laugh. Okay. So um, maybe, in effect, Blazing Saddles helped kick off a Heisman Trophy campaign. May have. 25 years ago. All right, so there, there it is. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, your, your favorite show that's no longer on the air that you watch, and you had to have seen it from start to finish, at least seen all the episodes at some point. So that's, Somebody mentioned my name is Earl. That's a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. I, I enjoyed that one. So Arrested Development, I knew you know there'd be a lot of folks that like that. Seinfeld, obviously, it would be one. Uh, somebody said Greatest American Hero. How about that? The Good Wife, The Closer, um, Gunsmoke, says Daryl. Tom uh, McKay, uh, <laughs> like Miami Vice. Uh, so uh, the show was a spinoff of his film Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, actually, I thought that Robin Hood, I thought Men in Tights, wasn't that later? Yeah, that was in the 90s. Yeah, because the, when things were rotten, it was in the 70s. I was a teenager uh, that when, was, when that show. Uh, I want to say, was was Robin Hood, Men in Tights, was that after the Hot Shot movies, maybe? Might have been, yeah. 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 By so, the way, Gunsmoke, that's how I know my in-laws have been using my uh, Paramount Plus account. When I go to Paramount Plus, I'm like, oh. Somebody just ran through 18 episodes of Gunsmoke <laughs> since the last time I used there this thing. There you go. Nice. Parks and Rec, Third Rock. Uh, somebody else points to All in the Family couldn't be made today. Yeah, I was having that uh, discussion with somebody the other day. Breaking Bad, a White Shadow, The Fall Guy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, there's there it is. All right. Uh, favorite favorite show that's no longer on the air. You had to have seen it all. Uh, uh, InfoWars Live. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Turbo Teen. Uh, friends. The Specs text line is the gift that keeps on giving. It always does. Coach. Year. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, a great show Coach it was. was. It was. All right. Uh, the, we've, we have our uh, Longhorn Notebook coming up. We have Inconceivable this hour. Uh, so lots to get to as we continue to light the tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower. One on and a ground ball through up the middle of base hit. It'll score two runs. Racing over to third base is Thomas. The streak continues. 27 in a row and counting for Dylan Campbell. And it raises the Longhorn lead to 3-0. Over to the cap to Wilson Galvin. Here's the pitch. Swung on and that is caught. Oh, what a catch! 
What a catch by Peyton Powell. Ice cream cone in the top of the glove. Look what I found. Out number one. With two down, Gilmatt, the runner at second base. The pitch. He swings here and hits a ball well. This went out to deep left field. You can say goodnight to it. Downtown Porter Brown goes Apo Taco. And the Longhorns now lead it 10 to 2. Uh, that was from last night's uh, uh, ten to two, ten to five win for Texas over UTA last night, beating UT Arlington at UFC Dish Falk Field. Those were uh, uh, three of the big moments in the game. Dylan Campbell extending his hitting streak, school record out twenty seven games. Uh, yet uh, Peyton Powell had a nice game, a couple of big hits, and then. Uh, and really made some nice plays in the field, including, I mean, just climbing a ladder and ice cream coning a line drive shot in the sixth inning from Wilson Galvan. And then uh, in the eighth, Porter Brown, uh, and I said Apo Taco was, he goes the opposite way, and he just crushed it. You know, you know the dimensions as well as anyone, Jeff, when it clears the fence, bounces on the street, and lands up there in the grass. Opposite field yeah. shot. So he crushed it. Uh, Longhorns with the win. They're now 33-17. and uh, 17. Game one of the six-game homestand, uh, final seven-game homestand in the books. San Jose State coming in this weekend. Hopefully all three ball games can be played, weather permitting. And then no midweek game next week because the final series of the regular season uh, is the following Thursday, Friday, Saturday against West Virginia which might already have the Big 12 title clinched by then or close to it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, the Big 12 tournament begins the following Wednesday, Globe Life Field in Arlington. That's why all the conference series next week will be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, before we get to uh, the, the Longhorn Notebook, uh, my brother was texting on a group family text. He says, Craig is wearing a nice black and red shirt must be for texas tech or something like that i was like no it's texas high school coaches association thsca but even if the logo wasn't there and it's just black and red i mean there's plenty of high schools around here in support of like, you know that's an old thsca shirt because it's a russell it's athletic a russell shirt. athletic one yeah i've got them i've got several different ones um uh several wearing the black and red around these parts lake travis del valley vista ridge Mainer, Salado, right from your old uh, your old district, right? Yeah, uh, I need some of my people from Bell County to to let me know what's going on with Salado because there was a they, I think there was a time where they maybe they put too much black and not enough red in the mm. uniform, and I think what high school didn't they were trying to get it? They were trying <laughs> to get college it right. Has it? Yeah, <laughs> adopting black as the other as as the other uh, primary color on that. But anyway, there's you know, lots of schools around. Uh, the area of black and red. I don't, and I, I don't think for two seconds when TCU started putting more black in their uniforms yeah. in the late nineties. Don't think I didn't go into Greg Carter's office. And be like, why can't we do that? Look how cool that is. Uh, you know who, who? What's really freaked out a lot of people about TCU uniforms is not the black; it's the red things, the red accents, because of the blood squirting from yeah, the that's horned a little, frog's uh, eyes. That's, that's what's really thrown a lot of people. I'm like, get that red out of the uniform. They're really purple and white. But if you want to add black, okay, everybody's adding black there. But red, come on. So that, that's part of that. All right, uh, time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And, and so we told you about the baseball side of it. Now to the event that Jeff attended last night. Yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, really good turnout in San Antonio last night at Chicken and Pickle. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice setup. It's right there by UTSA in San Antonio. Uh, apparently it's a chain. they got locations On everywhere. the northwest side? Yeah, so they, they had a really nice kind of outdoor stage area okay. where it was set up, but then... It, it rained cats and dogs in San Antonio, so they had to move it inside. So it was a little cramped, but uh, really good stuff. Uh, and, and for those that don't know, this is kind of one of those. It's almost like a, the Texas Exes puts this on. It's almost like a like an off-season pep rally just to get everybody excited about what's sure. going on. You know, we're on the football season's coming up. I, I Actually, though, as pumped up as people were to hear Sark, RT got the longest ovation. Nice. You know, kind of for what the basketball team did and – uh, I thought Lowell Galindo did a really good job of introducing RT as you know, finally the head coach. And you've been around Vic Schaefer at a lot of these deals. Vic is uh, he he uh, he holds court at these things. That he does. So really fun night. A lot of good information. Uh, I'll tell you what, Cam. Let's work backwards. So we'll start with Coach Schaefer, uh, and then we'll go to RT, and then we'll finish with Sark. Um, I do want to. Let's go ahead and go to cut three, Cam. This is going to be Vic Schaefer on not losing 
anybody to any of his stars to the portal. They did lose one to the portal, but uh, you know all all the key players from last season are coming back. Uh, you know, you'll get Aaliyah Moore back and Jocelyn Mall. And by the way, we'll get an injury update on on those two young ladies coming up next. But this is Vic, just kind of the portal, and then kind of an early outlook for next season. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried. I think um, we have a great relationship with our kids. I think Texas is a an incredible place, and uh, um, again. Um, you know, our, our, our kids, I think, are committed to our program. We're certainly committed to them. And, and, um, and so it's, you know, every place is unique and different, but that's exactly why Texas is a unique and special place as well. And, again, I give my staff a, a lot of credit. Um, but I, I think our kids know the value uh, and, and know how, um, uh, how committed we are to them. And, again, we're, I think we're close. Uh, look, you, you know the numbers better than anybody standing in this circle, Danny. How many players missed games for us this past season? How many starters we lost? Um, and yet we still were able to win 26 games and win a Big 12 championship. So uh, I think if we can get some people healthy, I think we've got a chance to, to really do something special at the University of Texas. All right, now real quick, we let's get to the uh, the injury update. I By asked the way, him. the Danny was Danny Davis, yes. the statesman, right? uh, who covers Texas women's basketball for the statesman. Shout out to Danny. Uh, I asked Vic about timelines for Gisela uh, Mall, who enrolled early on their while she was going through her ACL rehab, and then Aaliyah Moore. Was that November, December? Craig? It was right before Christmas when she got injured, right? Yep. Uh, I, I asked Vic on the timeline for uh, both of those young ladies to get back on the court. Yeah, Gisela looks good, and she's she's pretty much cleared and good to go. Uh, but doesn't have to be cleared right now uh, because uh, obviously we can be careful with her. She's at 12 months, uh, and she looks good. She looked good to me in individual workouts uh, back in the spring. Uh, Amo looks is coming along good in her recovery, but again, you got to put the timeline together for her. She'll be at uh, basically nine months, uh, I think, when we start uh, workouts in September. And it'll be at 10 months or 11 months when we start the season. So it might be uh, January before she's really uh, full go and confident, but that's okay. Um, we're, we've got we've got time. We'll certainly be careful with all of them. But both those kids, man, they look really good. Our our training staff, our our um, strength coach, and our doctors are doing a great job. And I'm I am really excited about uh, you know getting those kids back because. We certainly missed those, you know, missed uh, missed having Amo coming off a great freshman year. And then, again, Gisela Mo has got a chance to be really good, I think, for us. All right, so we'll hear from Vic Schaefer again next hour, specifically on the transfer portal. Uh, this is the first time we've had a chance to ask Rodney Terry about Max Asmus and Caden Shedrick. So, Cam, we'll just go back-to-back here. Cut three is just his overview of what those two guys bring to the table. And then... Uh, we cut four, Cam. I asked RT specifically, Caden Shedrick, now that he's – because I don't know if anybody's looked at the metrics, and I, I think the eye test will tell you enough. Virginia was quite literally the slowest team in terms of pace yeah. in college basketball. So playing at a higher tempo. By the way, I don't know if you realize this. To straight, say they walked the ball up the floor would be to suggest they were up-tempo. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Texas was in the top 100 this year according to Ken Palm, in adjusted tempo. It's the first time Texas has been in the top 100 in adjusted tempo since that Rick Barnes team that beat Arizona State in the first round of the tournament and lost to Michigan in the second round. 14. With Isaiah Taylor as the point guard, and and that was one of Rick's last really kind of good teams Mm -hmm. uh, that had a chance to make a run. Uh, That's the first time since then that Texas has been in the top 100 in adjusted tempo. So definitely a faster tempo. We'll see how the athleticism plays, but this is Rodney Terry here back-to-back talking about Max Asmus, Caden Shedrick, and then a little bit more on Shedrick. They were really at the top of the list in terms of portal guys for us. You know, uh, Max is just one of those kids that uh, he's a winner. 
I mean, he's won everywhere he's been, and uh, he's uh, you know been to the Sweet 16. He's going to be a guy that comes in, and he's going to be an incredible ambassador, ambassador off the court and be a great player on the court. He can really shoot the basketball, can make decisions with the basketball. Um, you know, you talk about Caden. Caden's a guy that's also coming from a winning background uh, and having a chance to, uh, to play for uh, Coach Bennett over at Virginia. Uh, but, but a guy that's going to give us elite rim protection, super athletic, can run the floor. Uh, I think he has more of an offensive game than, than he's shown to this point right now as well. But you talk about two talented players, but two really good kids as well. No, I think so for sure. And, and again, he's one of those guys that, that, that has shot the ball a lot better than, uh, than, than he, than he uh, has given an opportunity to at Virginia. I think he really shoot the basketball, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to have him be able to do that for a little bit. All right, so one of the big questions that uh, Rodney Terry has had to face, and, and you know, any, when we got our team next after what happened with Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, you knew this was going to be asked. Was he surprised by those guys deciding not to come to Texas? Uh, we'll go here, Cam. This will be cut seven. He was just asked point blank, uh, what was his level of surprise about guys that he maybe thought were coming in here until they weren't? No, not at all. I mean, this this day and time, the landscape of college athletics. I mean, you know, and uh, and 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 in our sport in particular, has really changed a great deal. You know, uh, you know, in years past, when you made a commitment, you, know, you didn't have to worry about a kid making a decision to say, "Hey, I'm not coming," uh, and everything. But that's all changed. I mean, you got guys can come and go at any time, and uh, that's just kind of the landscape of uh, of college athletics. And you've got to be able to adapt and adjust to that. And uh, you have to recruit guys until they get to campus. How are you? How are, how are you? <laughs> And then on the heels of that, how do you adapt to that changing landscape when you've got the G League and professional opportunities? RT hit on that as well. Well, I think when you adapt, you talk about adapting, you're, you're embracing what you have to deal with on a daily basis. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of times in the recruiting world, you know, it's very fluid, you know, and so you have to be able to uh, uh, continue to build and recruit at the same time, but, but, at, but at the same time, you know, re-recruit your players as well, you know, and, uh, and make sure you have a great handle on the guys that you have uh, already that have made a, made a commitment to want to be at Texas already. Last one from RT, uh, very next cut, Cam. What's the staff going to look like with Frank Haith coming in? And Texas still hasn't announced what the staff makeup will be, but Frank Haith, he's been at, I don't know, it feels like a month now, maybe longer than he's been on the job, uh, did finally confirm we've heard the rumblings and, no reason to believe it wasn't true, but did officially confirm last night that Bob Donawal Jr. no longer a part of the uh, men's basketball staff. Uh, so I asked RT, just what does your staff makeup look like right now? Yeah, we've still got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of experience, man. We've got uh, three guys on our staff that have been head coaches. Uh, you know, Steve McLean. I mean, Steve, Sweet Sixteen coach at, at Wyoming. You know, uh, Frank Hayes. You know, has had success in the tournament uh, as a head coach as well. Chris Ogden, head coach. You know. Uh, uh, you know, Brandon Chappelle is coming in as, you know, coming back with us. He's been with us for a year already. And, uh, um, you know, those were the, were the guys that we have right now in the trenches right now. And, uh, um, you know, a good group of, uh, of, of coaches that have a wealth of experience. It seems like they're still, you know, because you can have, I think, up to five coaches on the bench. Yeah. It seems like they're still trying to figure out what they are. RT's trying to figure out what you want to do with that fifth spot that it'd be a you know a special assistant special to the assistant, head coach right. or, or whatever but uh craig we talked about it last year a lot and you and i both heard it kind of on the record and off the record he really valued he being rodney terry pronouns pal really valued what he got from bob donawald and steve mcclain no last question year. i saw were, it with my own eyes yeah. uh, on the road and i saw how how instrumental they were it's it, you know you hate to see bob donawald go by the same token it's great that Steve McClain's standing. By, by the way, he his title is now associate head coach. Yeah, and uh, he was just so valuable, and uh, so they'll he'll he'll continue to be valuable, and we'll see what they do with that special assistant uh, mm-hmm. position that they're going for. But that is the core of of that so, uh, of that coaching staff. So I think you'll see probably Steve McClain. I think he'll continue as far as game planning goes to run the defense mm-hmm. like he did last year. Uh, you'll see Frank Haith, given what he's done in his past and his role on Penny Hardaway staff in Memphis, mm-hmm. I think you'll see Frank Haith take over a really big role game planning on offense. Let's go ahead and wrap up uh, this edition of The Notebook with Sark. Get some Sark audio. We haven't had Sark talk about Trill Carter, the only spring edition from the transfer portal, uh, and it ties into what made Texas so good last year defensively, Craig. They were really good stopping the run. Mm-hmm. You know, until the – 
you can find pieces of games where teams were able to line up and run the ball at Texas, but nobody really just did it consistently over sustained stretches. Uh, and here's Sark talking about that run defense and what the addition of, of Trill Carter means. Well, I think it was helpful. You know, we wanted to get some experience at that position. Um, I do think we have some really quality young players that are going to be very good. Um, but the fact that, you know, for, you know we, were, we were kind of monitoring the portals. You guys know, like, I, we don't just go in the portal and if there's a good player, we take it. It's more about does it fit in me. Um, and so we were, we were trying to find a, a veteran, experienced, you know, interior defensive lineman who was a quality player. And I think we were able to do that. I, I said I said this on the show. I said it on the Blitz podcast this week. My my concern, if there is one about the interior D line, it's not Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy stepping up to give this defense what Keandre Coburn and Moro Jomo did last year. It's can Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton give this defense what it got from Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat last year, and then can some combination of Trill Carter, Aaron Bryant. Zach Swanson, Jeray Bledsoe, can they make you legitimately three deep in your rotation again like Texas was last season? Uh, you know, Rod said on the podcast, Craig, I don't think he was out of pocket at all for saying it. Texas might have had the deepest interior defensive line in the country last year. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. When you when you mm. think about what they had and you look at the production, what they got in terms of pressures, I mean, only Clemson, I think, last year had more pressures mm-hmm. than Texas did. So uh, that Texas interior D-line was really, really good last year. Uh, let's go, uh, Cam, we're going to go to cut six here. Uh, I asked Sark, and Sark addressed this. It's funny because when I asked him the question, I was like, kind of going for all your quarterbacks, starting with Carson Palmer and going up through right now with Quinn. And then he talked about this during the actual you know, pep rally part, and he referenced Carson Palmer, some of the other quarterbacks that we talked about, which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, no, of all the quarterbacks he's had, right, Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Jake Locker, Mac Jones, the, what is the jump? Everybody's different, but is there anything he notices it, it all, that he noticed one thing those guys all had in common going from year one to year two, and does he see that same thing from Quinn? Well, I think the biggest thing is confidence in the system and in themselves, right? Um, you know, year one in our system is there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, I think they can look really, really good in year one at times, especially when the primary reads are there and we call it right and, and we get that ideal coverage and the first or second guy in the progression is there to, to make those plays. Um, the challenge is when those aren't there and it's not the coverage that we want and now you're getting into your third, fourth, fifth in your progression, you have to start using your legs, you have to start changing the play, you have to start changing protections. Uh, and I think in year two, there's just such more of a comfort level in getting to those secondary type reads, getting to different plays. Um, making those plays under duress because you can anticipate where people are going to be. And I think that's Quinn. That's where Quinn's at. I was talking about that earlier today that I just feel like there's a real sense of confidence. You know, I, I was joking with him during spring ball after one of the scrimmages. I said, how, how different was this year compared to last? And he, he kind of laughed. He goes, man, last year I felt like I was just surviving in spring ball. You know, it was practice number seven or whatever it was in a new system. Now he's had all of last year and winter conditioning and now I just think there's a, a sense of comfort uh, and now it's more about having that rapport with the guys around him and knowing what the types of players that they are. I think we saw that from Quinn, Craig. I think you saw during yep. the spring game. The confidence, we heard all spring that with Quinn it was confidence and I think that gives you a little insight to what Arch Manning was going through mm-hmm. this spring where, I mean, we saw we saw Casey and, and Hudson go through it that first yep. spring. Uh, we saw you know Quinn go through it last year and Arch you just kind of look at him, it's almost like dude's just trying to keep his head above water because Sark doesn't sp- spoon-feed his quarterbacks the offense. They they get the full dose of it, and you you got to digest it, and you just kind of keep rolling every day. And at some point, you'll be able to come up for air. Open that mouth. Here comes the fire hose. Shoveling it in there. <laughs> it's like Homer Simpson feeding you with a bulldozer yeah. or something. Uh, and then one more cut from Sark. Craig, this might be the best news we've heard from Sark in a while. All those guys that missed spring ball, missed the spring game with injuries. DJ Campbell coming off a surgery, Connor Robertson, Cole Hudson, Jalen Catalan, surgery guys. What's the prognosis for those guys? Isaiah Nair, another one of those guys. What's the prognosis for those guys when everybody comes back in June for summer workouts? Couldn't get a better update from Sark than the one we got. 
think every guy when we come back, you know, for, for June and, and July, I, I feel really confident is going to be participating. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a couple guys to be somewhat limited still. Um, you know, I, I think about even like a Jalen Gilbo, just kind of where he's at from that type of a surgery. But there, we won't have anybody that is out, um, which is a positive thing. You know, a lot of times you can come out of spring ball with some pretty serious injuries. We didn't have any of those. So I do feel confident that uh, we'll have a full allotment of our team that a they can get back into the fold with us but continue their rehab and, and really be ready to go for august mm, we've news. seen we've seen springs go really wrong here we've seen yeah. times where things and you knock on wood because that injury bug can bite you at any time but really because catalan connor robertson cole hudson those were post-season surgeries even jalen catalan his was last fall right Really, the only casualty you had was, was DJ Campbell, and, and my understanding is that was kind of more of a lingering thing that he just needed to get taken care of with the the wrist thumb right. issue that he had going on. But you did you got out of spring ball with nothing. I mean, there were some guys like Juan Davis and some other guys that were held out of the spring game, but that was precautionary. They just didn't want to get guys more beat up than they were. But for you for you not to have you know any guys going under the knife this time of year, that's, that's so huge. And if you're going to have the kind of year that we think Texas has a chance to have. You got to have that injury luck on your side. This is a completely random question. You do not strike me as, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. Are you a martini guy? No. Cam, play that cut again. It sounds like somebody has ordered a martini in the background. Oh yeah, we were, we were it, upstairs. We we're in the upstairs portion. Yeah, of this where there's a bar. Yeah, yeah, there's a bar. They should, listen to this. Listen, listen to the first part of this when Sark is going to that last that last. Cut you played there uh, with Sark talking about the injuries and uh, the, the recovery from the surgeries here. On the horn, on light the tower. We're not hearing it. I'm not hearing it at all, Kim. Yeah, I really do. I think every guy when we come back Listen, you know, for, for June and, and July, I, I feel really confident is going to be there, participating. There. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm sure we'll have a couple guys to be somewhat limited still. Um, I, think you, I think you could tell the bar activity based on uh, in the background, based on what time it was as we got closer to the event. Like RT was first, yeah, which is it's very, very clear audio. Vic, Vic was second, and it's still very clear audio. And then there were about 20 more people up there by the time we got Sark, and it was much busier. Judging from the way that martini was being shaken, I would say that was probably a Bombay Sapphire martini straight up with a twist. Either that or a, or a Kettle One, very cold, very dry, straight up with a twist. I'm, I'm just kidding. Kettle, is Kettle One, is that top shelf? Or it's, good? it's good. It's, 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 it's good. And that, I'm just kidding. What do I know from I martinis? To, I, I'm not a martini drinker. I the, the two martinis that I just referenced are two that uh, were favorites of, of a good friend of mine. So that's why that's why I said that. I never I wasn't a martini guy, but I used to enjoy vodka in college, the uh, McCormick's out of the plastic jug. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, that could have been Tito's worked in that uh, in there as well. I I don't know. I was I just do, having fun. Trust with that. me, my taste has changed. And if I'm drinking a vodka now, it is Tito's. Hey, uh, question for two questions. Somebody said shaken, not stirred. Yeah, a la James Bond. Um, somebody wanted to know what happened to Bob Donawald. We haven't heard. An actual thing. I was saying, I just checked the old Miss website. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it could be, I don't know. I haven't heard specifics on Bob Donald, to be honest with you. Right. I, I've heard some rumblings what it could be. Yeah. Uh, maybe that he wanted some kind of associate head coach title or mm-hmm. something to that nature. I, I, I don't know. But I've, again, I've heard rumblings, but nothing, just rumored innuendo at this okay. point. Okay. All right. So that was one. And, and I, I said just out of habit, I checked the old Miss website, but only one. Um, only only one uh, assistant so far, at least according to Ole Miss, has been hired by Chris Beard. His staff is is the three full time coaches, the guys that can go out on the road. Right, those positions have been filled. Okay. But I believe he's still got some administrative positions that yep. are open. Yep, yep. And I think you'll see John Riley, the strength coach. Yeah, uh, there. And then uh, somebody said, "Does Texas have to let Ron Holland out of his letter of intent? Yes. Uh, do they have to?" They don't have to. They don't have to. to, but it, it's been, you know, Craig, it's yeah. the only one I can think of, and they really, they just let it lapse, was the whole uh, Devontae Lampkin deal. Yeah, yeah. Because they, eh, 
rather than turning OU in for tampering, that was right. their way of not turning OU in for tampering was just let him let him wait it out. Yeah, uh, until so, the LOI became non-binding. Yeah, and and Ron Holland said Texas continues to be at or near the top of the list that, for what that's worth. You know, the lip service yeah. that that provides. But but look, if he's not going to be here and doesn't want to be here, what's the point on? You know, putting the handcuffs. You might as well just soup. Okay. And I, I was told it, the same deal I heard about their conversations with Ron Holland sounded the exact same as what I heard the conversations were with Arterio Morris. Yeah. Which is, hey, we're not going to, you know, we've kind of made all the assurances that we can that uh, what, you know, this place can do for you and no hard feelings. But if, you know, you and those around you feel like that's not enough, then, hey, we understand. Free to, Free to go. We'll let yep. you go wherever you feel you need to go. Yep. So uh, there it is. Uh, yes. I, I know. It is shaken, not stirred, Mr. Bond. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I remember We went well. way over, so my apologies for that. That's okay. That was good stuff there. It's stuff that we would have run top of the hour anyway, so we're just shifting it a little forward. We do have Inconceivable coming up, and uh, that's next when we continue to light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Jeff is going to lead us off with Inconceivable because you said you got an item or two, huh? Yeah, uh, it's it's sports card hobby related. So there's a product that's getting ready to come out. Okay. Uh, it's called Bowman University, their Bowman University line. It's Bowman University Inception is what the product is called. They do it for baseball, too. It's Bowman Inception if you're a baseball fan. Here's why I'm mentioning this. There are going to be two autographs in this product that I think we're going to see set sports card records probably for a, a non-professional athlete's card in terms of their amateur card. Caitlin Clark from Iowa is going to have autographed cards in this. And I know people might be joking like, oh, Caitlin Clark. No, look, go, go look how popular she is on social media. But these will be, Craig, these, this product will include the first pack pulled autograph yeah. of Victor Wimbanyama is going to wow. be in Bowman U Inception. And when those things get pulled, they will go. We'll, we'll be talking about it again in this segment because those things will go for a massive, massive amount of money. I dare say. I'm yeah. sure it probably will be. Okay. Uh, and I forgot what the other one I had was. Oh, right. well, yeah, I forgot what the other one I had. Okay. So I think of it, I'll, I'll bring it back up. All I right. got too tied up looking at audio. Yeah. Going through audio. Uh, all right. Now, again, I, I apologize to you in advance. I, I did not mean to make you think that the Chicken Whopper was returning mm. because it is not. Not that I know of. I think it's only available in Dubai. And by the way, CP tweeted. Ricky Brown the, Ricky Brown was on that trip, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot Ricky a message whenever we're done here. I have a conference call with him tomorrow. Do you really? The, the NFF Scholar Athlete him. Football Banquet this Sunday. Him. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I will. I'll ask him on Need that. Need to do some chicken, some chicken Whopper recon. Now, here's why, I didn't, here's why I, I went this route. Didn't mean to. Um, it's been down this road. We've been down this road. You're not a Marvel superheroes guy, movie guy, right? I've seen some of them. All right, just, you, have yeah. you seen any of the Spider-Man ones? Yeah, but I lose track of like who did what and who. Yeah, but right. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So with Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse swinging into theaters on June 2nd, Burger King is offering. A red Whopper inspired by Miles Morales' suit from May 15th through June 21st. So it's a red Whopper for uh, Spider-Man across the universe there. And I didn't mean to mislead you. I was just to say, hey, there's some Burger King news. And and that's what what happened with that. And then I like what CB tweeted, the the, the, uh, Mac Brown thing when he was there. And he said, we just arrived in Dubai looking forward to great trip building UT relationships there that says nothing about the chicken whopper there that was not a neat deal at all uh i'll ask mac at coaching school this summer did you get a chicken whopper when you're, you're on you're on chicken whopper recon i'm serious that's your job I, yeah, Craig. yeah yeah I'll, I'll try to find out about that but it's probably not gonna matter okay uh a couple other things uh there is another uh i think i had another fast food update for you uh well this is kind of a weird one remember the woman who sued subway Saying their tuna wasn't tuna. 
Remember um, that deal? I, you know, I didn't hear about that, but I caught a John Oliver bit about Subway and and heard about that. There was also a pretty funny bit about uh, <laughs> a Subway employee was photographed, uh, a male employee putting their, uh, we'll say their berries on uh, some uncooked Subway uh, bread, uh, and the pic- the picture was tagged with, uh, "I'll be your sandwich artist today." Uh, well, the California woman suing Subway, claiming its tuna products contain ingredients other than tuna, wants to end her lawsuit because she's pregnant. And it's prompted Subway to demand that her lawyers be sanctioning for bringing a frivolous lawsuit. Uh, uh, It's Nalima Amin said her severe morning sickness and debilitating conditions as she prepares for a third child have left her, quote, unable to proceed with the obligations as plaintiff. And so they want to dismiss the case in San Francisco federal court without prejudice, which would let her sue again when she feels better. But in a filing a couple of days ago, Subway said the excuse flunked the straight face test. And her lawyers likely realized it simply would not pay the windfall. uh, It it would not simply pay the windfall settlement they hope to get by constructing a high profile shakedown. So do you know know what else I, I learned about Subway in that John Oliver segment? What's that? That uh, apparently the Supreme Court in Ireland had a case brought before it challenging that Subway's bread could not be called bread because it contained too much sugar. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I'm not knocking Subway because, I, I mean, I'll eat Subway. It's not beneath me by any means. Yeah. But doesn't that make you question your food choice when somebody's, you know, when somebody takes you to court and it ends up in court that... Your tuna isn't really tuna, and your bread isn't really bread. Yeah, it makes you wonder anyway. I, it's funny. I had I just happened to have a, a tuna sub yesterday, but it was from Jimmy John's uh, on the way over to the ball. Did you park. get it freaky fast? Yes, I did. It was. After I had all kinds of difficulty it was with the app, but I showed it to them in there, and they were like, all right, we'll make this good, blah, blah, blah. And then they did it freaky fast. Dude, so, yeah. A lot of good. a lot of Mac Brown references. Wasn't Mac a big fan of, of Jimmy it, Jones? It, Mac and I had lunch with Bill Little several times at that same Jimmy John's location around Red River. Yeah. So, we yeah, we'd, we'd done that. I, I think about them from time to time. Okay. Got a couple of notes. These are actually... Related to the team I root for in baseball, the Dodgers. It's weird. I don't know if you heard about this. Noah Syndergaard, who's had a rough start to pitching for L.A. this year, had to uh, leave the game against the Brewers after one inning uh, last night, which what was called a cut in his index finger. So you say, okay, well, he's got a cut in his finger. Now, they say it looks like a divot. It's like really gross and freaky and all kinds of stuff and they couldn't stop it from bleeding they said it looked more like a divot so large was the chunk their words chunk of flesh missing from the fingertip of his right hand uh was it just like a hole or was it yeah okay i've heard about this happening uh flea from the red hot chili peppers same thing playing the bass playing that's doing the slap bass that yeah. Flea does that one time he had actually played so long and so hard fingers on tour. Well, no, that his like his, I think it was like either his index finger or his yeah. middle finger, b- like bored a hole in the finger. So to keep going, he filled it with super glue Ew. and kept going. And like he was, he's because you know Flea just makes funny yeah, right, faces right. anyway. And people just thought it was part of the act. But he said no, the funny faces he was making was he was writhing in pain, pain. for filling his the hole in his finger with super glue and continuing to play. I wonder if he was writhing in pain when they showed him during the Lakers Warriors game the other night. He had that weird expression, but the Lakers were winning, so I he was know. excellent in the Big Lebowski. By the way, yeah. Flea was uh, okay. Was another thing here. Remember the story I was telling about when uh, the Longhorn baseball team or men's basketball teams. Uh, would stay in Oklahoma City. They would stay uh, at the uh, at the Haunted Hotel. Uh, I didn't know if you're going there. The Rick Barnes maggot story. But no, no, okay. no, no. That was in Manhattan, okay. Kansas. Okay. Uh, so uh, apparently, yes, Haunted Hotel. Yeah. All right. Where apparently word goes around that the Fister in Milwaukee is also haunted. Excuse me. P F I S T E R. The Hotel Fister. Fister from the Fister family, P F I S T E R, uh, okay. longtime famous hotel in Milwaukee. So the Dodgers are staying there while they're playing the Brewers. Every Dodger staying there except Mookie Betts. Mookie not on board with the haunted hotel. So Mookie wasn't down for the Fister. Nope. 
he got an Airbnb. He he got an Airbnb. And you know what? He's not the only one who has done this. No fister for Mookie. Hey, remember uh, Yandy Diaz of the Rays? No. Uh, he attempted to find another place to sleep last year there. It never happened, and his teammates had a lot of fun uh, at his expensive at his expense, they taped up a cartoon ghost on his door with the word uh, Ciudadano, I guess, Spanish for watch out. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mookie was not having uh, the ghost thing there. So, uh, the, the one in Oklahoma City is the Skirvin, the one mm-hmm. there. And Bill Shoning told me a story about when they had a rookie with uh, the Spurs, I think, uh, up there one time that they the guys really you know freaked him out on that. Uh, one other item just to let you know, this isn't about uh, ghosts or anything like that. This is about something real. A Colorado mom spent her life savings to buy her first house. Really excited. Centennial, Colorado, moved in. This was last week, the story was. And just a few days out, she found 10 snakes living in the walls of her garage. Yeah, somebody sent this to me last week. Uh, I've been thinking about it ever since. uh, She found the first snake coiled up next to the door in a crevice of the wall. Then she put her hand on the wall above and she could feel the warmth emanating from Mm -mm. the snakes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So, you got snakes on a plane, you got snakes in a garage. I always worry about vermin being in my walls. There they are. Snakes. She moved out. So, there you go. <laughs> Not there anymore. No big surprise there. All right, we have more coming up. This is Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. <laughs> 